0: Israel's not a perfect country. Most people in Israel don't know Jesus, don't love Jesus. Why does God love this country so much? What is his plan? What is his purpose? What's our role? What does the Bible say?
1: A recent poll finds that half of all Americans believe that the mainstream media is unfair, dishonest, and biased against Israel. And it's certainly been an interesting summer with President Biden's visit to the region and the rocket war. Hi. I'm Carl Muller, the Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. And welcome to this special edition of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund. Today, we're talking with Joel Rosenberg in Jerusalem to give us some insight into this recent poll. Joel, welcome. Glad you're here.
0: Great to be with you, Carl, and greetings from Jerusalem, from the Epicenter. Yeah, it has been a very interesting summer. And I think all of us have to ask, do you trust the mainstream media to explain to you exactly what's really happening in the Middle East, in Israel, and to analyze it from an honest and fair and balanced perspective I'm not sure everybody, uh, even in our audience, uh, <laughs> thinks that's the case. One of the reasons we do this podcast.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I want to set that up a little bit because, you know, we're coming up here on the another anniversary of uh, the 9-11 attacks, and uh, we have uh, certainly grown past sort of uh, knee-jerk uh, responses to the region. But the, the biggest question is going to be, how do we know and who tells us the truth about what's really going on inside the region. You know, we've had now more than 20 years of turbulence from an American perspective in the Middle East. I think this poll that we're going to discuss today describes how low the, the assessment of the news media, the mainstream news media has been. How can we even know what the truth is if we don't trust the media that's telling us that. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. And I look forward to to getting into the specific numbers of the poll. We did the poll for our news services that I started actually two years ago. uh, September 1st, uh, this week, is the two-year anniversary of the uh, launch of All Israel News at allisrael.com and All Arab News, which is our sister site, and they're linked and they're connected at all. Arab News. So these are our, the websites. For two years, we, what we've been trying to do is is help cover what's happening in Israel and the region from a fair, honest, balanced perspective, but also for, with an evangelical worldview. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that every article is going to mention Jesus or a Bible verse or even be about Christian topics, but that uh, but a lot of material does cover uh, stories that Christians are uniquely interested in. What's happening here. In Israel and in the Arab and Muslim world, but even covering the, every other story, but doing it that's honest, that evangelical Christians or Christians of other theological persuasions or Jews or Muslims or others can trust. This issue of trust is, I mean, we say it trust is the coin of the realm, right? But the problem is so many people don't trust uh, what they're hearing from the mainstream media, from the corporate uh, media. Uh, they believe that it has a bias against Israel, against Christianity. often against the values that we hold dear. So Christians are very turned off by the media and have been looking for a source that they can trust. And that's what all Israel news and all Arab news uh, seeks to do. Now, we're fairly new on the scene, and we've had a big news summer, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But I also want to say, in many ways, the way I see it uh, as the founder of the two websites, is it, that it, it very much is an extension of the role that I believe the Joshua Fund plays, mm-hmm. meaning part of what the Joshua Fund does, and Joshua Fund, of course, is the the sponsor and the you know producer of this Inside the Epicenter podcast, and you're the executive director of the Joshua Fund. Yes, the Joshua Fund is a ministry to provide humanitarian relief to the poor and needy widows, orphans, and others in distress uh, in Israel, in the region, and to do so in the name of Jesus, as well as strengthen pastors and equip believers to to stand strong uh, Mm. and, and be faithful witnesses for the Lord in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And, of course, to fulfill the Great Commission in the epicenter. We're right where the Lord Jesus gave us the Great Commission, but that has not always been the case that the church has felt embolden and strengthen and encourage and prayed for and funded mm-hmm. properly uh, here but those are two of the key missions of the Joshua but there's another and that's mm-hmm. educational yep. and that's a big part of course of where Set. you know your idea for this podcast was just a stroke of great blessing because I think the fact that just last year two and a half million views and listens of this yeah. podcast alone tells us there's a lot of interest uh, in North America but also Around the world we've been it's been interesting to see listeners and viewers on YouTube from all over the planet um, from exactly. from very unlikely places at times. And I think that's because Christians have such an understanding at their core that Israel and this region is important to God, therefore it should be important to all of us, but again, where they can find trustworthy information about not only what is happening but why it matters, how to pray about it. Where is God in all, the, in all of this? Are there any signs of hope? Are people coming to faith? Are people sharing the gospel? Yeah. All of those things are interesting. And, and inside the epicenter, I think, is one of the most wonderful elements of the Joshua Fund's educational mission. We've done epicenter conferences, though in the COVID era, you know, that's not really been possible. And <laughs> we've done other educational initiatives. Mm-hmm. But all Israel news and all Arab news, for me, comes out of this, this frustration yeah. That many evangelicals have and share with me wherever I go. Who do you read, Joel? What, where, what do you trust? Because I love Israel, but I just don't know. I don't trust the New York Times. I don't trust right. CNN. I don't trust BBC or whatever. Right. So what do we do about that? And my well, answer was I could either bang my head against the wall or have an aneurysm <laughs> out of anger or maybe try to do something about it. Yeah. And so this yeah. poll is part of the work that we're doing uh, with those two websites.
1: Yeah, I want to get into the actual numbers of the poll itself, but you know, you've given us some great background and some rationale for why the Joshua Fund does education uh, as part of our ministry in the world. And this podcast is based on that premise that people need to understand and interpret the times and understand the things that are happening from a biblical and objective basis in, in, in terms of news and politics, but also why you founded Near East media and all Israel news and all Arab news to give a platform to an unbiased reporting admittedly from an evangelical perspective about the situations and circumstances that are taking place there right now and I think it's extremely important but it's almost as you said as a counterpoint if you will to the mainstream media you know let's go back to the mainstream media generally for a second here what are some of the factors that influence the general perception of the mainstream media as bias against Israel i mean before we get yeah. into the specifics no, what are some good. of those factors
0: yeah. So I think that there is a range of biases. OK, one, I would say, is soft bias. And this is means that, that journalists and producers and editors, they're not hostile to our worldview We're not trying to be difficult. It's just that they don't get it. They don't see the world the way we do. So stories that we would find interesting, they don't cover sure. or they give short shrift or maybe they assign a reporter that that's trying to cover it a Christian conference, a a Christian media summit, uh, an archaeological discovery, whatever. But they just don't understand why it's important the way a Christian would expect it to be covered and and explained. And often there'll be key quotes from a conference. I'll be sitting at the conference. I'll be reporting on it. And then I see it getting getting covered by others. And I'm like, were you at the same conference I was at? Like, okay, maybe that was said, but why did that get elevated as the highest most important thing, as opposed to all these other important things. That's what I call soft bias. Mm. And I think that's important to recognize that some of it is just a lack of understanding of who Christians are and what motivates us. And of course, there's a wide range of different types of Christians. So that's an important element also. So that's soft bias. It's not intentional, but it is significant. And Mm. And it bothers Christians as it should. It bothers me. Then there's hard bias. That's when an editor, a producer, a reporter, they know exactly what they're doing. They don't like us, and they make it super clear, right? I was in the States uh, uh, meeting, of course, with, with you and, and and our board of the Joshua Fund this summer and and other donors and evangelical leaders, and I was just just reading the coverage of the Roe v. Wade decision. Yeah. Now you know that there are reporters that hate that decision, and they are actively writing, even if it's Supposedly journalism and not a column, not an opinion piece, but they're just writing with such antipathy hmm. because they believe that everyone that's reading their story shares their perspective, and so they don't even see it. I mean, they do see it as bias, but they they don't. It doesn't bother them. Yeah, that bothers me. And and I would use this analogy, and I use this with our in our newsroom. I said, listen, when I'm watching an NFL football game, which hasn't been much one because I live overseas and two because yeah. I'm. I'm bothered by the wokeness in the NFL. But let's just, <laughs> sure. just for the purpose of discussion, I grew up loving watching, you know, a, a good Sunday Steelers. game or there a Monday go. night game. Right. Right? Yeah. And, and my wife's family originally is from Pittsburgh. So we're big Steelers fans. So, okay, if I'm watching a, a Monday night football game or on ESPN or whatever, Fox on, on, on the afternoon or CBS, <laughs> I don't want to hear the guys in the booth act like they hate the Pittsburgh Steelers and want them to all burn in hell. Right. <laughs> that, that's hard bias. Right. Like now, if Coach Tomlin makes a stupid call or play or whatever, you know, yeah, OK, call him out on it. Right. Say that was ridiculous. What was he thinking? And, you know, look, I, I don't mind criticism of a play, of a call, yeah. of this. But I don't want to believe that the guys in the booth that are announcing the game hate my team. Yeah, that's hard bias. And and, and when it comes to evangelical Christianity, I believe that the guys in the booth, the men and women who are covering us, they hate us. And it comes through. I remember uh, a Washington Post article when I was just – my first job in Washington. It was a news story, and they called evangelical Christians poor, stupid, and easily led. Wow. Well, now that became a bumper sticker and a a badge for many Christians like this is the way the Washington Post sees us. They hate us. And they they don't even see that as a problem. So soft bias, hard bias. And then there's war. Okay, Mm. so then there's the Iranian media. There's the Turkish media. There's the Russian media. There's uh, what's known as Al Jazeera. That's the main anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-Christian satellite news network based out of Doha, which -hmm. is the capital of of a Middle Eastern Gulf country called Qatar. Al Jazeera is at war with everything that we believe and and, and the countries that we hold dear. So that's war. So, so the key is to understand there's a range of different biases, mm-hmm. right? And that's the motivation is, is that you either don't get it or you hate it or you want to annihilate it. And uh, that's an important, I think, analysis for people to understand where that's coming from. And I would just make one quick other note, and that is, You know, when we started All Israel News and All Arab News, and you mentioned that we have an umbrella organization, a nonprofit based in the United States called Near East Media. So when that comes up, that's the overseeing nonprofit Mm -hmm. um, that uh, that runs All Israel News and runs All Arab News. When we started, you know, one of my colleagues said, you know, in many ways, the modern mainstream corporate establishment media has become Goliath. Mm. And – We see, you know, the the army of Israel in that story paralyzed, like scared, angry, but doing nothing about it because they, you know, because Goliath is nine feet tall and what can I do? The the guy's a giant. And that's the way the corporate media, the mainstream media act. They are the giant and we are all idiots and losers and peons and there's nothing you can do about it. So you either accept that as David's brothers and everybody else did. Or you say, listen, you're coming against, not us, you're coming against the God of Israel and the truth of the Bible, and we're coming against you in the name of the Lord. Like, yeah. we don't hate you, but we are not going to listen to you. Yeah, We're going to do what's right. And, uh, you know, we've got five stones in our pocket, and uh, maybe it only takes one. The goal is not to physically harm anyone. I don't want right. anyone to mm-hmm. misread. Take it out, out of context. Out. Say, right. Listen, exactly. we're going to speak the truth, right. and we're going to analyze things from a Biblical worldview, because that's the truth. And if people hate the truth, uh, that's not the this is not the first time in history that people sure. hate the truth. The difference is we have technology of various forms of media, podcasting, websites, video, etc., that allow us to speak the truth. And maybe we don't get the ratings that you know the mainstream corporate media gets. On the other hand, you look at an organization like CNN, which launched a uh, a digital platform called CNN. I think it was called, Uh, I mean, it only lasted a month and they spent $300 million and they were gone in a month. Like Carl, you and I could do so much more with $300 million and we wouldn't be gone in a month. But anyway, that's, I I didn't feel so badly for CNN. I have to tell you, Uh, so, because (laughs) for them to waste people's hard earned money while they're engaged in so much bias, Why didn't people pay attention? Because they don't trust CNN. CNN's motto is the most trusted name in news. Apparently not. Apparently not. The marketplace (laughs) said the message. No, you're not the most trusted name. And so that's the thing. We as Christians need to not cower. We need to not fear. If we see everybody paralyzed, we say, all right, well, Lord, what what role can we play? And I think the podcast is a key element. I think all Israel news and all Arab news is another part of that. And um, on the other side of the break... I have some big news I want to share in a moment about another way that we can get the truth out.
1: Well, I was going to say, this is, uh, this is very exciting. And I think that there are some remarkable things in this poll that we want our listeners to know and what we can do about it. So after the break, we'll come back. Our verse for the day is found in John 8.32, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our prayer requests today are for the nation of Israel to be at peace, secure, and unhindered by the negative press about them. And also to pray that many in the USA will bypass the lies of mainstream media and learn the truth about Israel. Joel, we're back, and I want to get your opinion on actually some of the shocking statistics uh, from this poll that we uh, just conducted. Almost 60% of evangelicals think that the media is biased about the coverage of Israel. Does that number surprise you? In what way?
0: No, if if anything, it feels a little low based on my (laughs) reaction to people. But again, you, you have a large swath of evangelical Christians who are, you know, maybe not so focused on every nuance of Israel and, and and the media. So it may not bother them as much. I think what you're seeing is 60% of evangelicals, What that that number is co- uh, coalesces pretty closely to the number of Christians that are really focused on Israel. And so the media bias against Israel, you know, stands out. And, of course, mm-hmm. this has been a summer of a lot of coverage about Israel. In many ways over the last few years, as you and I have been talking uh, in this podcast, over the over the time we've done it, there's not been a lot of media attention, or, or U.S. Or, or even attention around the world, towards. Israel because of COVID. It forced people to look at inside what's happening in their country right. and, of course, in the United States and as elsewhere, not just health issues and vaccine debates and mask debates, but also closed churches and economic uh, suffering and, and, and physical suffering. Six million people dying over the last couple of years from COVID. So uh, there hasn't been that much focus on Israel. However, this summer, we've had a, a U.S. presidential visit right. to Jerusalem uh, of course, God bless Joe Biden. You know, of uh, 52 weeks in the year, he picks the one week that I left the country to, uh, <laughs> to the come uh, to the United <laughs> States for, for meetings. And I'm like, oh, man. anyway, but no, look, the president of the United States coming to Israel and then going on to Saudi Arabia and meeting with Gulf leaders, that's a big deal Absolutely. because there's 192 countries in the U.N. And for the, the head of the world's only superpower to choose to invest time in one of the smallest countries on the planet speaks to how much Americans of both parties, mm. Democrats and Republicans, as well mm. as independents care about Israel and want this relationship to succeed, not getting into the nitty gritty of every, you know, every how people assess whether Biden's trip was was helpful or successful. The point is he came, that's a big deal. And, and, and it's an important deal. Uh, and there was a lot of coverage of that. Then I think also, of course, we had another big Middle East moment where The head of Al Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahiri, was Mm -hmm. taken out by uh, a U.S. drone attack. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, congratulations to President Biden and his team for tracking down, hunting down Al-Zawahiri after 20 years. Zawahiri was number two in Al Qaeda under Mm -hmm. bin Laden. He is responsible with bin Laden for the 9-11 attacks uh, Mm -hmm. 21 years ago. And it's a big deal that he was found. Now, where was he found? He was found in Afghanistan under the protection of the Taliban, and that leads to a whole other question of the surrender, basically, of Afghanistan last year. So that's a problem, Mm -hmm. and it's caused a lot of problems um, of Mm -hmm. trust between Middle Eastern countries and the United States over that. But, you know, it was certainly successful, and people here in this region are very happy uh, that Zawahiri was taken out. But I'll give you another one, and this goes where the bias really showed up more than the Biden trip or al-Zawahiri's takedown, and that is just as we're recording this, we just had another rocket war in Israel. Yeah, exactly, eleven hundred rockets were fired at us, and you, there was almost no coverage exactly. in the United States. We covered it at all Israel news and all Arab news from multiple angles. It's a big deal when your ally gets attacked by eleven hundred rockets and missiles. Think of where you live. If you got, you know, you're in uh, Southern <laughs> California, if some terror group in Mexico was firing. Yeah. 1,100 missiles, I think that would be big news. But to me, it doesn't even seem to care. Like it almost, unless you're looking for that news, you didn't even hear about it.
1: And Joel, I would even say this, and I don't want to interrupt you, but it's just, it shocked me to listen to stories after reading all Israel news and understanding the basis for what was taking place and why this was happening and the clarity with which I, I understood the issues to read or listen to stories in the mainstream media that just absolutely distorted the perspective about what this war was. It's almost as if Israel, again, was responsible and it deserved to be attacked for its actions. And I found that to be incredibly biased without any context, no context. And any context that was given was was distorted. So uh, again, I'm just affirming what you said.
0: This is reprehensible. And yeah. I would say it's anti-Semitic. Yeah. Now, maybe not every journalist, every editor, every producer is anti-Semitic. But when you basically build a narrative sure. in the media where Israel protecting itself from terrorists who are here to kill us, not we're not talking about a political fight. We're not talking about diplomatic discussion. We're mm-hmm. talking about people randomly firing missiles at civilians. Yeah. This is a double war crime. It's a war crime to fire at civilians, and it's another war crime to fire from a civilian enclave yeah. at civilians. And the radical Islamic terrorists in Gaza are doing both. Exactly and just to be right. clear, I mean, some of our viewers or listeners might be thinking, well, Israel you know, is the occupier, and therefore, if they gave the land back, they wouldn't be attacked. Uh, 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 we have not been in Gaza since 2005. Every Israeli citizen was pulled out of Gaza in 2005. The Israeli military was pulled out of Gaza in 2005. The government under then Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon gave all of the Gaza Strip back to the Palestinians, didn't even ask for a peace treaty, gave them Full control, full sovereign control over that territory. The Palestinian people have natural gas right off their shores. They're around the shores of the Mediterranean. This is some of the most beautiful real estate yeah. on the planet. Yeah. There, are they building Four Seasons and Ritz-Carlton's and, no. and uh, Holiday Inn's and, uh, you know, making this a tourist center? No. Are they no. making billions and billions of dollars off of natural gas, not just using it for their own people? but exporting it to Europe, for example, that needs natural gas so they don't have to buy it from the Russians. No, a terrorist organization has taken over and is strangling the people of Gaza. Mm. And yet you would never know any of these things from the media. It's as yeah. though the media says that we are hostile and the aggressor. And you're like, we gave the land back. What more do you want from people? We were told <laughs> for 40 years, That's right. land for peace. Yeah, So we gave the land did we get any peace? We have not gotten peace. We got a terrorist base camp, no, called, which, right. which we call Hamasan. Yeah, and yet <laughs> even when we defend ourselves, yeah. the mainstream media makes us look like wicked people. And yeah. I, I just, that, I'm sorry, that is that is so evil.
1: Yeah, that is evil.
0: It's not just wrong, and it's evil.
1: I agree with you, Joel. And it's no wonder that in addition to the 60% that feel that the media is biased, nearly one in five Americans, over 18.5% say that they're actually angry at the media and looking for a news service covering Israel that they can trust. Joel, yeah. we want to give listeners who probably share a lot of our angst about this bias, uh, maybe some some glimmers of, of what it is that we're trying to do, you're trying to do through uh, these news services and other things that you're doing to bring some honest and fair coverage of Israel and, frankly, the whole region. I think that's to be said as well.
0: Well, I hope people will, will check out All Israel News. Again, that's found at allisrael.com, allisrael.com. And then our sister site, All Arab News, which is at allarab.news, okay? And what you'll find not only is the, is the daily coverage, we're literally the only news service in the world operating in English that's providing daily coverage news and analysis coverage of israel in the region uh, from a christian worldview obviously cbn does this on television uh, although not on a daily basis and i've got an exciting announcement in a moment to reveal that another christian television network is about to go into this space uh, working with me and my all israel all arab team so we'll say that in a moment. But the point is literally nobody else does this. Christianity Today is a wonderful publication in many ways, although it's gotten controversial in recent years, but whatever. The point is that they don't provide almost any coverage of Israel, a little bit, but, but mm-hmm. that's not their focus. Mm-hmm. The Christian Post provides some coverage. Not a bit. We're literally the only operation. We're operating from Jerusalem yep. with Israelis and Arabs and and Americans working together to cover this region. And we have interviewed the Prime Minister of Israel, the Foreign Minister of Israel, the opposition leader here in Israel, religious leaders here, business leaders, cultural uh, leaders, but not just Israel. We, you know, I met with and, and interviewed and have covered the leaders of the region. We, of course, you and I were together on that Abraham Accords delegation of evangelical business and media leaders in late April to the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain and and back here in Israel. There's no other news service that's getting that access to those types of leaders in English from a Christian worldview. It's really amazing. The first two years I've just told our team, look, I'm interested in traffic, but I'm mostly interested in credibility. These first few years we are establishing, we are honest, we are fair, uh, we are credible, and we want everyone to be willing to talk to us, and we're willing to talk to everybody. And of course, we've interviewed a lot of Christian leaders in the region and Christian leaders who come and visit the region, their perspectives. And uh, I've been encouraged by the response of Christians all over the world, and particularly in North America, but, but also of Israeli Jews and, and Arab Muslims and others who are reading these two sites and retweeting and posting on their social media. So that's encouraging. And I think what it tells us is we're meeting a need which is a slightly different need, but it's related to this podcast. This yeah. podcast is designed, you and I can talk about the issues in a longer form mm-hmm. and in an audio way, of course, on YouTube also, that allows people to think about the issues going on here in this epicenter region with some thought, with some depth, yeah. with some length, hopefully a little levity at times, but we take people you know, on our trip right into, uh, into the Gulf countries and so forth. So the new service is an adjunct. It's yeah. a parallel portion. And again, if some other Christian organization or media outlet was doing it, God bless them, like, I need another thing to do, like I need another hole in my head." Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm a I think, pretty You're busy, busy man. Busy. But I, I just believe that it's hard for people to pray effectively yeah. and in a specific way for Israel and her neighbors and for the church in this region, yeah. unless they're knowledgeable. Right. One of the great themes, uh, the messages of the Joshua Fund is learn, pray, give and go. Yes. That you're more likely to pray more effectively and give financially and even come to the region to visit and to see how else I can help if you are learning about what's happening. And yes, learning scripturally and I would say, if you say, where does the Venn diagram overlap between the Joshua Fund and All Israel and All Arab News, you'd say, well, what this podcast is a little bit more on the church side, a little bit yeah. more on the theological side, a little bit more on what is the scripture saying about these things. Interpretation. And, yeah. Yeah. And helping give context for that mm-hmm. in this unique format of a podcast, which is very popular and very effective. And I just love them because I can listen to this one and others when I'm shaving, when I'm driving, when I'm flying. Right. All Arab News does some of that, but also covers things that you also need to know if you're going to have a full understanding or at least a deeper understanding of what the enemy of God and enemy of the church is doing, as well as what God is doing in the region and getting to know some of the players. Who is the prime minister of Israel? How can we pray for him and his family? Who is the king of Jordan and the crown prince of Saudi Arabia? that's not exactly the role of the Joshua Fund per se, right. but the combination, again, I would say is a Venn diagram that I, I, I love working together on these things. Well, it's
1: absolutely foundational. And I think, you know, what the Joshua Fund and our work to educate evangelicals around the world on these issues, uh, why it's so important is really to the core of, of why this bias issue is important, because many evangelicals don't even understand the centrality of Israel in the great plan of God. Maybe you could comment on that and why, why getting it right about Israel is so important for evangelical Christians around the world.
0: Well, I think the poll, again, uh, reveals 40 uh, percent of evangelicals aren't so sure if there's a problem um, <laughs> with the media. To me, that is a problem, but it reflects a, a, a deeper issue. And that issue is, there are two issues here. First, yes, uh, you know, you and I believe and what we're teaching from the scriptures is that God has a special place in his heart for Israel. Mm. He loves all nations, right? For God exactly. so loved the world, John 3, 16. But he doesn't call every nation his own, right? Israel he calls his own. Jerusalem he calls the city of the great king. He says over and over again, That Jerusalem is his city. He has chosen it. He calls Israel the apple of his eye. Yeah. We discussed that a few weeks ago on a previous podcast, but you know, the apple of the eye, that's your pupil. Even if you see a speck in your brother's eye or sister's eye, you people are like, hey, hey, back off, buddy. I don't want you poking in my eye. And God is saying, I love Israel so much that it's like the center of the way I see the world.
1: Mm.
0: Once you understand that biblically, then you begin to say, okay, Israel's not a perfect country. Most people in Israel don't know Jesus, don't love Jesus. Why does God love this country so much? What is his plan? What is his purpose? What's our role? What does the Bible say? So that's the most important thing for many Christians. It's to really understand that better. But there's the other side. And I would say I've got many evangelical friends who they just don't get this. They will tell me directly, nicely, but, they, but directly, I don't see current Israel as biblically significant. I don't see it connected to the prophecies or whatever. That's what some Christian leaders say to me, mm-hmm. leaders as well as lay people. Okay, I disagree with them, but it's still a nation. So then the question is, well, if God loves all nations, what is happening in Israel and the Jewish people? Because it is a unique story, right? There hasn't been a Holocaust against every people. right? There have been genocides, but never an, an effort to literally annihilate the entire people group and not just once, not just in the Holocaust in you know the forties, but you know all throughout the Bible and all throughout history, there have been evil, wicked leaders trying to literally kill every Jew on the planet. Yeah, yeah. So this is a Israel and the Jewish people are a unique story in history. Even if you don't connect it to current events to biblical prophecy, as I do, as yeah. you do, but even if you don't, it's still an important country. Absolutely. And if you say, well, okay, I get well. Joe Biden thinks it's important. That's why the president came. (laughs) President Trump thought it was important. That's why he came. They're not going to every country in the world. They're making choices of the countries that they believe are the most important to the United States or to the world. So for all those reasons, it's important uh, to understand. And I think that what I love about you, Carl, and I love the mission of the Joshua Fund is because we are saying, listen, we get that a lot of Christians don't see this yet. But our job is to help them understand it. And sure. in the meantime, there's lots of other elements, like there are poor and needy in Israel. There That's are right. widows and orphans in Israel. And there are needy people among the Palestinians. And there are oppressed Muslims. And there are oppressed Jews. And these are all important stories for the church to love, care for, show compassion to. And then, of course, ultimately, there's the gospel mission, which is for all people. Yeah. And. Even my friends, uh, Christian leaders, who they just don't see Israel as biblically significant. I'm like, OK, but it's still a country that one of the countries that has to be reached <laughs> with the gospel. Right. Doesn't yeah. every Jew and Arab and other in this land at least Deserve. have to hear yeah. the good news? And uh, they'll usually say, yeah, that's true. Yeah. OK, so then at we need a baseline. To We're in,
1: yeah. Well, I am uh, so excited in this last segment to turn to you and say, Joel, uh, what else can we do? We know about all Israel and all Arab news. What else? We know about the Joshua Fund. What else can we do to help tell the story of what's really happening in the epicenter?
0: Well, I have some exciting news on that front. So <laughs> I knew you on, did. <laughs> yeah. So on, on October 6th, TBN, the world's largest Christian television network, has asked me to launch a television show in prime time in the United States, prime time, wow. uh, and it'll be shown around the world as well. But a weekly show every Thursday night, October 6th will be the launch date and we'll get the time soon. And I will be doing an, uh, news coverage and analysis uh, of what's happening in Israel and the Arab Muslim world, the threat from Iran, the threats from Russia, the U.S.-Israel alliance, uh, etc. I'll also be analyzing other trend lines that uh, from a biblical worldview, the program will be called the Rosenberg Report. We'll have a website soon where you can literally sign up for an email to to get the latest on the program. One of the things that happened was the TBN executives, they started tracking all Israel news and all Arab news. And they read my book, uh, Enemies and Allies, which came out just a year ago Mm -hmm. this week. And they said, wow, there is somebody in Israel who is assessing and reading and covering these things from a Christian worldview and also from a real heart for both Jews and Arabs. They see me as someone who is balanced, hopefully not crazy. I have strong views, right? Yes. But I, I, I try to be respectful and I try mm-hmm. to be fair as I handle things. And, I, you know, at first I told CBN, thank you. That's very kind. You were in the meeting. I was like, I, I don't really think that's me. Um, first of all, I have a face born for radio. Um, and Carl's already got me doing this podcast, which, you know, I, you know, whatever, but also I'm just busy. I don't, I don't have the time to mm. do more. And as I prayed about it, I really felt God was opening up a unique door that was actually quite synergistic with the Joshua Fund, all Israel news and all Arab news. And this, by being on television 30 minutes a week mm. in a prime time slot. To communicate what's really Amazing. happening in this, but do it in video and to have that turn into a YouTube channel and so forth. That really gave me the opportunity to talk about the work of the Joshua Fund, all Israel news, all Arab news, and help people understand what we're seeing and hearing. You know, we don't think of ourselves as an, as an intelligence agency or agencies, but we are gathering an awful lot of insight into what God is doing and what the enemies of God are doing. And that's putting me in a, in a unique place. Yeah. And when you issue, again, this issue of trust, I finally realized, no, the Lord is creating a platform and opening a door for me. And uh, so after a lot of prayer and consultation yeah. with, with, with my, my most trusted allies, my, yourself included, certainly my wife, our boards, mm-hmm. uh, I came to the decision that, yes, even though it's going to be challenging time-wise, mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to eliminate other things. Yeah. So October 6th, uh, we'll launch uh, with the Rosenberg Report. I'm building a team where we've just created a logo and, and theme music, and the whole thing <laughs> is in motion. I think uh, it's exciting. And by the way, October 6th, we will be less than one month away from U.S. midterm elections, which yes. are going to be very quite significant when it Israel. comes to Israel. Now, again, yeah. the Joshua Fund, just to be clear, we're not, uh, is not is a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization. We, we, Joshua Fund <laughs> doesn't take <laughs> sides. But we still all know that a big fight over the future of America is also a fight over the future of Israel and U.S.-Israel right. relations. So that's something I'm going to be watching and commenting on. And, of course, we have yet another uh, round of elections here in Israel. November 1st, Israel will go back to the polls for the fifth time wow. in three and a half years. Wow. And the big question is, is Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, who is the longest serving prime minister of Israel, but was sort of knocked off his perch, as it were, about 18 months ago, is he coming back? He thinks he is, mm. and his, his party is riding high in the polls, but there is a lot of twists and turns ahead, and – I would almost bet that most of our viewers and listeners right now yeah. couldn't name the current prime minister of Israel. Yep. Okay? So I'm just going to say it to you because I want you to be praying for him as well as for Mr. Netanyahu, the opposition leader. But Yair Lapid is the man who's currently the prime minister of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see if he stays in that spot, if Netanyahu comes back, or if the country is so divided again that it triggers yet another round of elections in Israel if nobody can form a government. So – That's a lot of stuff to talk about and big stakes uh, in both the United States, in Israel and the region. And last point, we have Iran being offered a deal by the Biden administration, which should take some scrutiny. Whether Iran takes it or not, we'll see. But there are high stakes in our relationships uh, with the Iranian regime Mm -hmm. as well as the Arab world. Will the Saudis make peace with Israel? What's going on with Putin? There's a lot to talk about. You and I are talking about it from a theological perspective, and now TBN is giving us an opportunity to take that and go much wider with it. I'm I'm really excited about the opportunity.
1: Oh, Joel, we are so excited about this opportunity and uh, what it's going to mean for the exposure of many more, more millions of people to the truth about what's really happening. I can't wait to to tune in to the Rosenberg Report October 6th on TBN. Uh, and I actually feel uh, super privileged that we here at the Epicenter podcast uh, got a chance to scoop that. I think we're uh, probably the first public place where this right. being announced. So uh, I'm excited, Joel, uh, for what uh, God is doing uh, through you uh, in the Epicenter, uh, through the Joshua Fund, of course through Near East Media, All Israel and All Arab News, those important news sites that are bringing truth, to bear on this important subject and what will come through the Rosenberg report, I know will be just as powerful and impacting uh, many, many more millions of people with this message. Joel, I want to thank you for your, your time sure. today. And, uh, and I know our listeners, uh, well, certainly because I've been informed about a number of things. I know that they've been informed as well. So thanks very much. And, and to our listeners, if if you want to find out more about uh, Near East media, all Israel and all Arab news, Of course, you can go to our show notes and find those things there, as well as uh, the information about Joel's new program on TBN, the Rosenberg Report, which will be on Thursday nights starting October 6th. Uh, You can find out all about that on our show notes and the various uh, elements that are there. As well, if you'd like to learn more about the Joshua Fund, visit our website at joshuafund.com. And there you can learn about what we're doing in the Middle East to bless Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus and how you can participate in the healing work that we're doing in this critical region. And as always, as I said, check out the show notes for anything you heard on the podcast you'd like more information on. And if you have a question that you'd like us to address in a future podcast, please just leave us that information right there. We'll be sure to talk about that at a future podcast. Well, for Joel Rosenberg, I'm Carl Muller. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter.
0: A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help,